What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. My name is Ben Bolin, and I have yet to steal a car. Very good, Ben. Just want to put that out there. I've, I've never stolen a car either. You know, look at us. Not yet. Okay. I'm not going to, though. Really, I'm not going to. I, no intent of doing that. That's a dangerous game to get into. It's a very dangerous game. I cannot envision a situation where I would think it was a good idea. No. You know? I, no. Luckily. Not a, not a thief. Well, yeah, not a thief. And uh, neither of us have, in the course of our job, had to uh, what what requisition a car or anything? <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah, we're like you say, get out of the way, you know, drag someone out of the car mm-hmm. and, and jump in and and take off. That's always kind of the thing you see in the movies, right? Right. What about oh, Gone in sixty seconds? Gone in sixty seconds. Yeah, did, now was that a uh, was that a chop shop or was that simply were they reselling the cars? I don't remember. Right? Were they just flipping the cars? And you know what? I think they're just flipping them because yeah. of the the style and the type of car they were stealing. And they had specific they had a specific list of vehicles. That had to be re- delivered um, relatively undamaged. Yeah, and in one piece, undamaged. I watched the opening scene in uh, the original ah. just this morning. Uh, that car is not undamaged. Yeah, the Mach One in the opening sequence. No way. Who Anyways. does that? Can you imagine? There's somebody who works on <laughs> those a- films, and their job is to buy cars, <sighs> super nice cars. For the express purpose of destroying them. I love watching that scene. That's a fantastic – it's kind of uh, along the lines of like the bullet chase scene in, in a way. Mm-hmm. In that it's the old you know, 60s, 70s cars, big cars yeah. prowling through the streets with lots of people and traffic and everything. It's really cool. Lots of engine sounds. Good open. Oh, man. Very good open. Can't, so, uh, you know what? You can't – I'm going to say it. Uh, there's nothing quite like a good car chase in a film. I agree. In a film. Everybody, <laughs> in a, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a film, in this case, don't right? go, yeah. don't get in a chase with so the cops, right? By now, I'm sure you got it that we're talking about chop shops, right? And uh, some people maybe don't know what a chop shop is. What you want to clue them in, Ben? Yeah. Okay. So when somebody takes your vehicle 
and steals it, there is a chance that instead of riding around with their friends and then abandoning the vehicle, joyride, joyriding, there's a chance that uh, they can take it to what is called a chop shop. A chop shop is an illegal garage where some unethical mechanics take cars apart into whatever uh, sellable commodities those cars contain. So sections of the car or mm-hmm. individual little pieces of the car. Sure. Whatever's valuable, right? Right. Whatever is valuable. And that can, that can shift. And they've, we've really seen, um, the heyday of chop shops only really comes into play when you have professional thieves versus, you know, uh, local ne'er do wells. Got it. Okay. So there's some pros out there working the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've heard this in the past that, uh, you know, there's some shops that actually have kind of almost like gone in 60 seconds where they have a list, a list yes. of cars they want to go after. They take requests. And the reason, yeah, they take requests. Good. The, uh, the reason is because the cars have value to them, uh, for said parts. You know, mm-hmm. they may be, um, maybe, you know, the wheels may be valuable. The, uh, the hood, the, the body panels may be valuable in some cases. So, um, you know, they, there are the interior parts. Sure. And a lot of times what's surprising about this, and I don't know if I want to, maybe not stealing your thunder here or anything, Ben, but it's not always brand new cars that they go after. Right. This is surprising. This, this is surprising. Now, we're not, we're not in, implying that, um, there's a bunch of car thieves out there with a list that says, you know, only Geo Metros, only used Geo Metros. <laughs> no, but, no, no. They, but, they're they're pretty much indiscriminate, but mm-hmm. they uh, they do have some that are uh, the top ten that they want. Maybe. Yes, there there's some prize ones now. Scott, you're gonna you want to break that down for us? Well, I, I kind of do. Um, I think that you know the, the, these lists that they come up with. Um, you know, they may say that we need um, 2007. Honda Accords. Yes. And the reason yeah. would be because maybe 2000 Honda Accords, there's a lot of them still on the road. Mm-hmm. Easy to find, you know, easy for the, the crooks to find and to steal. But there's also a high demand for parts in a 2007 Honda Accord. Um, right. because, um, you know, that many people are looking for parts. You know, there's, you know, how many accidents a day involve a Honda Accord and how many bumpers are they going to need? Well, right. the factory is not going to be able to keep up with that. They're going to go out and try to find parts for the car, right? So they sell it to repair the, – the people that steal the cars take the bumpers off the car, whatever panel we're talking about. Yeah. They, they sell it to repair shops for a cut rate, but still it's 100% profit for them because they're not buying from a legitimate source. They're stealing the vehicle, removing the part, and selling it 100% profit out of what they paid the thief to take the car. And the and we'll get into what they do with the VIN numbers in in a few minutes. But Scott, before we go on the the top ten, uh, let's just take a couple of stats from the article. Oh yeah, quick. sure. Yeah. Now this comes from our own article. What does a chop shop do? Uh, every forty seconds, go ahead and check out your uh, your play your uh, whatever you use to monitor the time elapsed on this podcast because for every 40 seconds of this podcast a car or truck was stolen in the United States now in uh let's see in 2009 we've got the stat here that says 258 out of every 100,000 cars were stolen so you know sobering fact you are more likely no matter how optimistic you are to have your car stolen than to win the lottery how long have we been talking now we've been i don't know i'm guessing We've, a few minutes, right? Ten yeah, minutes, yeah, maybe, sure. something like that? Maybe right, less. I, I don't know. I'm guessing. The time flies. Yeah. Well, how many cars do you think have been stolen just since we've been talking? I mean, on average. 
Um, crazy. A That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. And only 12% of them, 12, a little more than 12% of them, are actually going to have their cases closed by law enforcement. Uh, that's a good point, Ben, because very few of these cases are ever solved. Mm-hmm. Um, the cars are either shipped away and sold as used somewhere else, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and you know the VIN numbers are tampered with. Um, or they're they're just cut up and and distributed to these different parts shops all over the place, you know, repair shops, paint shops, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll never turn up again. I mean, there's, it's just impossible to track that type of thing down. So let's say you and I um, have some huge, just huge ethical change, Scott, and we say, ah, this podcasting and, and making friends on the on the internet is is it's for the birds. Let's yeah. steal cars. Um, we want to start big. How big? Uh, money big. Like, well, well, okay. You know what? What are the popular cars? What are we looking for? Oh, for a chop I shop? see. I see what you're getting at here. What are the uh, What are the most popular cars to steal? Is what you're trying to? Yes. Say. Ah, well, I happen to have a list here, Ben. I have a uh, I have a list right from our own website. It's uh, top ten stolen cars of 2010, and a lot of this information comes from. Um, the Highway Lost Data Institute, and there's other sources throughout this. You'll you'll find them in the article, but um, it's got some interesting stats about uh, the vehicles that have been stolen in 2010, and it's changing all the time. You know, it used to be that the is it the Camry mm-hmm. was number one. Yeah, Camry didn't even make the top ten list this year. How the mighty have fallen. I don't know. I think that's it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's not so bad, really, for Camry owners, right? Right. I would hope. All right. Well, I guess the, uh, the this list is uh, it's populated mostly by SUVs at this point, which surprised me. What really? Yeah, it just surprised me because it seems like um, I, I I don't know when I when I picture cars being stolen, and of course I have not ever stolen a car. Mm-hmm. I, I think I tended to picture more of a movie type situation where somebody, you know, grabs the Lotus and just hauls Keister. Uh, uh, there's still some cases like that, of course, but um, more like, um, you know, art heist type uh, type thefts yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've read about some that were like that, you know, where the there's a limited production vehicle that, mm-hmm. that somehow makes it here and there's only five in the United States and uh, they case the house, know where the guy keeps the keys. And then um, there are four. Steal, steal the car. Yeah, they're gone. So it's uh, there, there are cases like that, but for the most part, if you look around on the road right now, you still see a lot of SUVs, and that makes sense when you hear our list. Just like any other market, the demand is really what steers these. Uh, I don't want to call them entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. chop shoppers. Yeah, not entrepreneurs. No, not. I guess. Yeah. Well, anyways, well, all right. So. We'll go through this list quickly. Um, I promise it's a top ten list, and and this deals with 2007 to 2009 models only that were used in this study. Okay, so there are older vehicles that are being stolen, maybe at a higher rate. We're not sure, but this is from 2007 and 2009 models. And um, oh, oh, one other thing that we need to point out: what's that? These cars are only the insured cars which are studied. Uh, uh, now, there's an awful lot of cars that people don't insure out there. I don't know why they would do that, but they don't insure it. And uh, these are reported stolen vehicles. So okay. to be reported stolen, they have to be insured. And to be, you know, you know, the insurance company takes the hit for these stolen vehicles. Which does restrict our sample size a little, but it, it, I think it was, it's still accurate. It's still accurate. Yeah, sure. All right. So uh, number 10, Chevrolet Tahoe. And I can give you a number here. Yeah. In 2010, 5.8 out of every 1,000 Tahoes on the street were stolen. Okay, so we arrive at this uh, rating via a ratio. Yeah, that's right. And these go through the the whole list. We'll do this this A way. Tahoe? Chevy Tahoe. 
they're just I, I I don't know why I I keep thinking people would steal you know, faster cars. Here's the thing: they uh, you know it's it's luxury cars, SUVs, big vehicles with lots of expensive options. Yeah. So it's, SUVs have a lot of expensive options. As we go through, you find out that you know nav systems and um, things like heated seats. I knew you were going to say um, heated. Seats. Oh, did you really? Yes. Yeah, heated seats and of course airbags and mm-hmm. uh, it's just all. You know, all the trim pieces are valuable. It's very, very uh, lucrative business, I guess. Uh, because, oh, we didn't say this, Ben. What? The reason that they're taking them is because the parts of the vehicle are worth more than the vehicle itself, really. Oh, we should have, yeah, we should have mentioned that. Well, earlier. that's the purpose, really, is that, right. you know, the parts, let's say that you uh, you take the Chevy Tahoe that we just talked about, mm-hmm. and it's worth, I don't who knows what that's worth. I don't have a, a dollar amount for the, uh, the brand new Tahoe, but... Um, it's worth considerably more as parts than it is as an entire vehicle, believe it or not. And one odd little thing about this is a lot of times that doesn't even include the engine and transmission and the frame. Right. It's just body panels. Yeah, it's mostly body panels, mostly trim, you know, everything else except the engine, transmission, and frame, which you would think would be high-dollar pieces. Yeah. The problem is they've got VIN numbers and uh, mm-hmm. identification codes tagged all over them, mm-hmm. and it's easier for the criminals to simply just dump them, scrap them, you know, get rid of them in some way. They're, they're at the bottom of a lake somewhere. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian, someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you can always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can also alert you before you go too low or when you're going too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see like more time and range in lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. 
mm-hmm. um, or they're melted down. You know, there's, uh, there's, or they're modified in some way that you know they're they're unusable, just sold for scrap metal. And it could be tough to find a, a salvage yard that would take them too. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because they know the the. You know, well, this has got a lot of information attached to it with the VIN, so they mm-hmm. know where it came from. I'm sorry um, I sidetracked you, man. Well, that's all right. No problem. Let's so just move we, on to our we, list We've here. stolen our fair share of Tahoe's. <laughs> that's right. All right, number nine, another big one, the uh, GMC Yukon XL. Wow. Um, six out of every 1,000 late model Yukons on the road were reported stolen by insurance companies last year. Okay. Um, the Hummer H2 is number eight. I can kind of understand this one. Um, it's sort of a status. A lot on the road, sure. Uh, more than six out of every 1,000 were stolen in 2010. So just uh, kind of a vague number, more than, but uh, more than six. <laughs> right. You know, these are percent. It's like 6.2 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, here's the first car on our list, the Nissan Maxima. All right, I can now, see that. That's a common vehicle. Yeah, but not for the reason that you may think. This one's got an interesting little twist to it that I'm kind of interested in here. Plot twist. All right. So, okay, the the, cli- the claims filed for theft on, on the Nissan Maxima were 6.5 out of every 1,000 in 2010, okay? Okay. The, the most coveted part of a Maxima is the high-intensity discharge headlights that come standard on the car. I know you're looking at me with a, uh, a funny look here, but the Why headlights, apparently these headlights, which are found on other cars, of course, mm-hmm. um, it... it it seems that the Maximus headlights are the most appealing because they're so compatible with other earlier model vehicles. So there's a modular thing. Going exactly. On you can take an older model Maxima, which um, which does not have this type of headlight, which people love to have these HID lights, um, and you can use them on those vehicles. So let's say you could you could take a um, you know a 2010 Maxima and you could put those headlights into a uh, a 2010 or I'm sorry 2002. Maxima, which is where they started, or even earlier, um, and that just kind of gives uh, reason for the the thieves to take it even more because they're very valuable. Okay, so that, that makes sense. The headlights, can you imagine that? I it's, did not see that. So coming it makes along. it a target. So we've uh, all right. We've stolen our Yukons, our Maximas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time to branch out. We're expanding our chop shop. Where are we going next? Uh, GMC Sierra Crew Cab. Oh, good. I've always wanted five of those. This is a pickup. Pickup truck. I didn't see pickup and trucks getting stolen. Here's another reason. Like well, this one's got um, a lot of standard features that are valuable. We talked about um, you know, some of the high-end features. This one has satellite radio, chrome fenders. Mm-hmm. D- well, there's an optional DVD player and Bluetooth system. Um, so, in other words, valuable parts within, right? Yeah. Now, the uh, the loss amount of these was 6.7 for every 1,000 on the road. Mm-hmm. And one other thing that I hadn't thought about in a pickup truck. Oftentimes, they're carrying valuable materials in the back, in the bed. So a lot of times, oh, yeah. thieves will take them simply to take what's in the bed in addition to the vehicle. You know what gets stolen a lot out of pickup trucks here in Atlanta is uh, construction equipment. Exactly. Construction materials. Um, there's furniture. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of, you know, whatever it is. Maybe electronics sure. in some cases. Uh, tools. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's big, big business, and, and of course, that's again 100% profit for the the thief. It's really easy profit too because it's right out there. Wow, we're, we're getting to assemble over. anything. Yeah, we're getting over. We already have so much stuff out of the pickup trucks too. <laughs> exactly. But I want more. Let's Number go. five, Infinity G37 Coupe. So here's a luxury coupe, right? Okay. Um, here's the problem. This one has a state of the art vehicle immobilizer system. So how do the thieves get around that? Well, they can tow the car and, and of course, part it out. But sounds like a lot of work. The more crafty of the thieves mm-hmm. will uh, will find a way around that. They can. They, they've gone so far as to case houses or dealership and then break in, steal the keys, steal the car. Wow! So they'll break into your house, your business, whatever it is. 
uh, or even a dealership, mm-hmm. find the keys, take nothing but the keys and the car out of the house. That's why I keep a set of dummy keys. That's strategic. <laughs> so for, for the infinity, uh, the number is 7.1 for every 1,000. So it's getting up there. 7.1 wow. for every 1,000. Chevrolet Avalanche is number four. Uh, this rate is 7.4 for every 1,000. So again, still climbing. Yeah. Uh, here's one that may surprise you. Number three, the Dodge Charger. I really? wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed this one. I don't know why, but um, the reason yeah, okay, seven point four, so it's a tie with number four. Mm-hmm. Um, seven point four for every thousand. The reason is okay, these big family sedans are, are popular, of course. Right. Um, but some of them have the uh, the Hemi V eight engine, which now we talked about this in the past, but I guess the Hemi V eight for some reason is still valuable to the thieves. They will find a way to, to you know, mark these up or, or take the VIN mm-hmm. numbers off and sell them as used Hemi engines. That's the big deal on these. Okay. Okay. Um, and they're very valuable, I guess. I, um, you know, a new Hemi engine uh, can be anywhere up to $15,000 something like that. It can set you back. It's man. very expensive for but that part. They're good machines. Now, you know, if you're getting a stolen one, of course, you're going to buy this out of the back of some guy's van and it's going to be, uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars, but still, that's a valuable piece for them compared mm-hmm. to, say, a radio system, you know, the, or a nav system, something and like it's, that. It's, uh, it sounds like it's valuable enough to uh, risk the headache and possible repercussions of mm-hmm. the VIN number. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess for them it would be. Not for me. <laughs> well, by this point, if we're stealing this many cars in our hypothetical chop shop, man, we've officially gone national. We have probably had to become, in order to get this far, we've had to uh, become affiliated with uh, some of the crime syndicates that are usually associated with this. So by now... Which would be who? Uh, these these would be... Uh, you know what? It would really surprise you, man. Uh, when, when we take a look at the article... Um, I think one of the strangest things is that there is some uh, there's some international stuff going on here, mm. but uh, but at our level, we'll probably just be part of a of like a network of you know crooked salvage yard owners. We might have some thieves contracting out for us. Would we have a warehouse, or would um, we just do this out of a house? We would probably do this out of a series of houses, small garages, because ah. we want to stay out of the way. I see, and those get busted too, because I've seen that. In the news mm-hmm. around here, even yeah, uh, you know, they pull up onto a house and they've got you know the of course the news cameras are there too because they've been notified sure. of this bust that's going to happen right. And uh, there's a backyard with a suspiciously high fence around it, mm-hmm. and uh, they've always got cars pulling in and out. The driveway is loaded with vehicles. Yeah, um, you know, there's something going on there in the garage during the day, but neighbors don't know what. Um, this there's a lot of uh, tip offs, I guess, that something like yeah. this is going on. Um, the legal business. So. Now, the big the big chop shops do happen. Um, you know, realistically, if you and I have gone into business for ourselves, um, and we still have to find out the most common cars that we'll be stealing. But uh, usually, uh, if there's a big business like that, it's going to be um, spread out in smaller a network of smaller locations. Because again, you have to try to be uh, a little bit incognito. But police do. <laughs> a little bit. You got to be very discreet, I would think. Right, but police do bust uh, the big fish um, just because it's easier to find them. You know, like uh, we've got something in the article here uh, in 2010 in Washington, uh, the state of uh, police busted a uh, place that must have been huge, man. It had parts from 40 different cars. Whoa, that's a big one. 
40. 40 different cars. That's gonna, you're talking like a warehouse size place. Yeah. Point. Especially if you don't, you know, if you have a chop shop, the, the goal is quick turnaround. Yeah. You don't want to be holding hot parts. No, no, that's a, that's a thing. They want to, they want to make it super fast. And, and I've heard that they can strip a car in, you know, like an hour, maybe two hours. And mm-hmm. that's somebody that's relatively unskilled. Like piranhas with a, with a cow. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's similar, I guess. I've seen, uh, you've probably seen cars that are stripped before photos of them. Yeah. Left oh. on the street. I mean, they can do it quick and right out in the open. Mm-hmm. If you've got all the tools at hand, you know, that you need in the garage, um, you can imagine how fast some of these guys can do this. It's incredible. What's our number two? Number two, really Chevrolet thinking? Silverado. Um, this was the second best selling automobile in 2010, also the second most stolen. That's you know what that's why in our earlier uh, car theft podcast we mm-hmm. touch on that. Yep, out of uh, out of every one thousand Silverados on the road, eight were report, reported stolen. Wow! So uh, we're getting up there. Eight out of every one thousand—that's a lot. That means um, uh, there's what three hundred seventy thousand pickups on the road in two thousand ten um, of of this Chevrolet Silverado. Almost uh, three thousand of them were reported stolen. In 2010. Jeez. That's that's a pretty high number, really. That is. That's a daunting number. You ready for the number one? Uh, Yeah, let's get a drum roll real quick. I don't know if this is going to surprise you or not, Ben. Maybe it will. Cadillac Escalade is the number one stolen vehicle in the United States. I'm having a really tough time getting rid of this uh, bias for uh, sports cars being stolen. This is apparently, this is the, the... the fifth year that this has been at the top of the list. The Escalade. Yeah, that's right. Um, so let's see. Oh, get this. There's a, a kind of a different statistic for us. More than 1% of all late model Escalades were reported stolen in 2010. Wow. So that account, accounts for, remember the numbers we've been talking about in the past yeah. out of every 1,000? That's 10.8 out of every 1,000 to be exact on this number. But that's more than, that's more than 1% of all Escalades ever built. That's amazing. Is there a particular well, reason? Well, actually, I should say the 2000, you know, the ones that were yeah. on this list, apparently. The ones that are sample size. Yeah, exactly. So uh, 1% of all Escalades that were built or have been stolen. And wh- why do you think that is? Uh, well, it's just got to be the, the high Features price for the maybe. vehicle itself. It's, yeah. a, it's, a extreme, well, it's a luxury vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's $46,000 for a pre-owned 2009 Escalade, mm-hmm. um, just in blue book value. So... Um, the claims for a stolen vehicle like this are somewhere around the $40,000 range and up. Jeez. So that means that, you know, every time it's stolen, the insurance companies are taking a hit for $40,000 plus on each one of these vehicles. And you're talking about 10.8 out of every 1,000 on the road. That's huge. That is huge. Big, big money on this one. So, um, you know, of course, you know, the features that they've got, they've got, um, high performance V8 engine. Mm-hmm. They got nav systems, uh, satellite radio players. They've got heated um, seats. Heated seats. They've got, uh, of course, here's the other thing. They've got this up to date anti theft technology. So they've got engine immobilizer systems. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they get around this, because really they're just going to cut the thing up into pieces. Right. They just throw it onto the back of a, a flatbed truck and haul it away. They don't care if there's no keys. They don't care if it ever starts again. Yeah. Um, if they don't use the engine, you know, fine. Uh, they are going to just take the parts for it, so it doesn't matter. And here's here's what let's walk through this real quick. Here's mm-hmm. what here's what they do. Let's say um, the chop shoppers mm-hmm. uh, have requisitioned finger quotes. I'm doing finger quotes. Uh, <laughs> borrowed. They, yeah, they've <laughs> right. They've they permanently borrowed an Escalade. So here's what they do. They get it back to the shop and. They remove any personal item or license plate and they destroy it. 
They unbolt the front end of the car from the frame, usually in one piece. So that's the fender and the hood. Cut out the windshield, unbolt doors and the seats, and then uh, they use a torch to cut the roof supports. Uh, they cut through the floor under the steering wheel. Um, they take care with the dashboard section, especially because of the airbags, which, you know, you mentioned before, Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rear section of the car with the roof attached is usually going to be left a hole. Now, now they can start turning it over, flipping these parts to make some money. But there's a problem, and that problem is the vehicle identification number. Yes, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Like, you guys, like, we... Until you look into this kind of stuff and you start looking at the parts, it, it's really surprising. Yeah, they're pretty sneaky about where they place this, uh, this uh-huh. VIN number now. It's, it's every, it really is everywhere. Take a look um, or ask you know your own dealer. Mm-hmm. Um, they may or may not tell you everywhere that it's, it's located. They may uh, keep a couple secret. Who knows? But, and um, even, even just if you change your oil just while you're on the undercarriage, Start looking around. Yeah, sure. Check it out. It's on the firewall usually. It's on the door. It's on uh, – of course, it's – on the engine, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's everywhere. It's it's tough to hide it. But my gosh, if these people have spent this much time stealing a car, I mean they've already stolen it. It's mm-hmm. not like uh, it's not like it's a leap of logic or ethical uh, quandary to to want to uh, get rid of the VIN number. And I'll be gosh darned if we're going to let a VIN number stop us in our hypothetical chop shop. Mm-hmm. Luckily, we figured out a few ways to get around it. Well. Criminals figured out a few ways to get around it. One of the ones I think is particularly clever. Now, let's just fast forward past all the stuff about torching it, scratching it, destroying it. That mm-hmm. works if you can find the VIN number. Sure. Um, they've moved into re-vinning, hmm. finding a new VIN number, like taking a wrecked car at a sav- salvage auction and using the VIN from the wrecked car. On the stolen parts. Oh, okay. So they uh, they they put the VIN, all the tags from the. Uh, the good vehicle, mm-hmm. supposedly good vehicle. Well, it's salvaged for some reason. Right. And then put it on a uh, stolen vehicle, same make and model. Mm-hmm. And then they say that they've done all necessary repairs and it's a uh, it's a good streetable vehicle at that point, right? Yes. With no effort at all really on their part other than switching the tags over. It's kind of like giving it a fake passport. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's like false documentation for a car. Mm-hmm. And they could also try to uh, just sort of jury rig i guess so it sort of make some counterfeit vin numbers ah. i'm not aware about i'm not aware of any stat about how successful that might be so some kind of metal stamping operation that would do that right right like you have you have the special tools or you've modified some to be able to perform that operation mm-hmm. um but there's the other part where you completely replace the vin on the stolen car entirely so that it can be sold by itself now that's instead of in pieces, it mm-hmm. can be sold as a whole vehicle. That's a little bit different because you know, again, we I think we already whipped out that impressive number an hour or two hours, and they can chop this thing down. Yeah. Um. So, it's a it's a different game. Well, I find this really scary because yeah. you could do a VIN search and find out that it's got a clear title, or it's a. I mean, I guess you could find that it's a salvaged vehicle that's been repaired. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. You might be buying someone's stolen vehicle. Um, you know that that has been revened or has sure. had this body switch thing pulled on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, boy, I don't know. How do you how do you get around something like? I guess you don't. You just have to uh, 
you have to carefully, carefully inspect that, make sure that that VIN plate is is what it should be, and it's not been tampered with. And mm-hmm. um, man, I don't know. Just use common sense. And you know, also, if you feel like you are getting an amazing deal on a Hemi V8, yeah, there's for, a reason. From my guy, you don't know, who seems really nice in his van. Uh, with no license plates? That's right. I'm he'll just also, saying. He also tried to sell you speakers out of that van. Right. He might have a lease on a bridge for you. But, <laughs> I, you know, point being, like, as as a um, a buyer or as a someone who works on their own car, you know, if you're going to be a gearhead, I, you know, I think gearheads probably already know this. Gearheads probably already know the game. Sure. A lot of times if someone is selling a part for a price that's too good to be true, it's because it's too good to be true. True. Yeah, exactly. And um, also, just want to mention, uh, vehicles, of course, aren't the only things that get stolen. We also see uh, things like uh, equipment for boats or ATVs, ah, very good motorcycles. Point. Yeah, another thing that was mentioned in the article was uh, semi-trailers, tractor trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, they said there's a, a distinct lack of, of identification numbers on some of these parts, and it's easy to swap parts around, but um, that may be changing now that you know people are on to onto what's going on there. So uh, right now, that's one of the, the common ones to be stolen. I found that strange. I would never think that you know, it'd be easy to steal semi-parts. So we hope that we've uh, given you a an okay overview of, of like how a, how a chop shop does what it does and why it does it. Hot parts. Do they say hot parts anymore? I... I don't know. Is the term hot used anymore for a stolen – like is that a hot radio? I think people use it sometimes. Mm. I, I have not – you know, I, I really have been slacking on my criminal underworld you knowledge. read about it in history? Right, right. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go hang out at a, at a sketchy pawn shop and see what they refer to <laughs> as hot. Yeah. Um, but we hope that we have given you an, an okay overview or introduction. We certainly hope that you don't – Know already know everything about chop shops because you work at one. If so, for shame. But uh, but also contact us and let us know what goes on. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do, don't do that. Really seriously. Um, you, we're not saying that anybody. This is a good way to make money or anything like that. No, it's a terrible way. It's a bad, bad way. Yeah. And uh, d- don't get involved in it. Yeah. People people work hard for those cars. Don't don't take them from them. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack 
Visit slack.com to get started. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you can always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It could also alert you before you go too low or when you're going too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see like more time in range and lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. So now let's claw our way out of claw our way out of the gritty uh, underworld of chop shops. Out of the hole we just dug. Out of the hole we just <laughs> we t- out of the hole yeah. we just dug. Oh, yeah. um, just to let you guys know that we really hope you enjoyed this episode, and we want to hear uh, your chop shop stories, of course, too. Um, as long as you are not involved, sure. in chopping, maybe at a car stolen. Yeah, maybe at a car stolen. Maybe you work at a salvage yard, and you know a little bit about this. Um, we'd like that information. Uh, you can hit us up at Facebook and Twitter, where we hang out on the Internet. Tell us about your questionable neighbors. Yeah. What, what are they doing They're in that late-night activity in the backyard with a acetylene torch. Mm-hmm. And don't worry, we won't tell on you, because we're cool dudes. Uh, you can also send us an email at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. Right, let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions... Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 